Welcome to The Way Station, an interview podcast featuring trailblazers who set their own career paths. My name is Noah Reed, and today my guest is Tony Murray. Tony is a landscape photographer with work whose subject ranges from the beautiful Tetons of Wyoming and Idaho, to the desert nation of Qatar, to the Himalayas. He talks about what it takes to be a professional photographer in the age of Instagram and ubiquitous digital cameras. This is the second interview I did while visiting family in Salt Lake City, Utah, and like the last interview, the sound quality, while not bad, does have an outdoor feel. Let's get going. All right. Hi, Tony. Hey, how's it going? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. No problem. All right, Tony, so we've known each other for a while. How did, how did we meet? Do you remember? Uh, we were kids in Colorado. That's right. <laughs> I, I don't know exactly how, but... Yeah. Back in Bertha, Colorado. Bertha, that's right. That's right. The town's got... Uh, your house with the animals, and uh, I don't remember what else there was there, but... Just animals. <laughs> Just animals. Okay. A lot of land and animals. <laughs> All right. So, Tony, um, so what do you do? Um, I'm a professional photographer. Okay. And world traveler, I guess. Okay. I think that would be a good description. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, what What do you... So, if you're a photographer, what, what are some of your earlier, like, kind of creative memories? Um, so my family was really outdoorsy. Um, okay. You know, we lived lived on a semi-farm. You know, uh-huh. We had about 10 acres. But then we would go up to the mountains all the time. We would raft a lot, um, and we would ski a lot. And I remember when I was, like, maybe four, mm-hmm. my dad gave me this old Kodak camera. And it was, I don't even know what kind of camera it was, but it was one of those ones with, like, the flash cubes and mm-hmm. all this random stuff. And I remember he would give me a roll of film every week. And okay. go develop the film, and I would just go around the house for like, in like ten minutes, and just take pictures of everything I could. Um, and when I was when I was really young, we lived uh, we lived in Denver, and we had this little creek that ran through our yard, and you know it was probably just a ditch. Mm-hmm. But I remember I would go out there and explore and take pictures of all the random little things in this creek, and then my dad would develop the film, and then six days later I'd get a new roll of film, and it was just. That was the highlight of my week, was getting a roll of film and going out and taking pictures in the creek. Oh, really? Okay. I had no idea it went back that far. Yeah, it was was pretty great. That's great. That's great. So what kind of other interests did you have growing up? Uh, So growing up, I mean, because I lived in a small town, I could play sports, whereas in a big city I wouldn't have been good enough to play the sports. So I played a lot of sports, like basketball and soccer and stuff. Um, But really, it it was pretty much outdoorsy stuff that really kept my interest, you know, um... Every winter, my family would ski, you know, 30 times a year, and all summer long, we would go rafting every weekend, and it was just, you know, being outdoors, hiking, camping, snowshoeing was really, a really big part of what I, what I did growing up. Okay. That's pretty, that's pretty great. Do you, do you think, um, well, I, it seems obvious to me that, that, that a lot of the things that you did growing up influence kind of what you do now, but I mean, what, what were, how, how do you think those things have kind of helped you, um, become a photographer? And... Um, you know, because I grew up in the mountains and, you know, liked going in the mountains, I, I was definitely drawn to that with my photography when I, when I started getting more and more into it, you know, around 13, 14. Okay. And... And because of that, you know, I would go up in the mountains and I would focus on the landscape aspect of being, the landscape photography aspect of being in nature as opposed to just hiking around. Um, and I think that was a, a pretty big defining aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Yeah. Well, that's that's great. So did, did you have a clear idea when you went off to school that, that this is what you wanted to do? 
yes and no. Okay. Um, when I went to school, um, I went to BYU in Utah, mm-hmm. and it was my my majors changed several times. Okay. Because when I went to school, I was like, okay, yes, I'm going to do photography. It's going to be great. And then, you know, a couple of years in, I started getting discouraged. I'm looking at all these photographers that aren't making any money. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, man, well, I want to make money someday. So I'm like, oh, I'll switch my, my major. And then I switched mm-hmm. it probably 40 times. Okay. Um, and just kept switching it. And I was never happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I would do business or psychology or sociology and all these different things. And I was just like... Yeah, you know, I could make money easy, make money more easily doing these things, um, but I just hated it. Yeah, <laughs> I would go to class and I'd come home and I'd just itch to go out and you know go take pictures the next morning or whatever. Um, and so finally, I'm just like, whatever. I'm just gonna just do photography, and if I make money, great. If I don't. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> well, so this is kind of an all-in thing for you. Yeah, definitely. There was definitely a moment where I was just like, you know, I can either be happy and potentially be poor or just try really hard and be happy. Okay. And I've been pretty happy. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So is, did you have, like, mentors? Well, why don't, you, why don't you talk about your educational experience, I guess, when you finally switched your major back to photography? Uh, like, how was how was the education um, you know, honestly, it was it was pretty great. You know, I had a, I, I learned a lot. You know, at school, but then I've probably learned more since graduating than than I ever did in school. Uh-huh. Um, you know, a lot of it was actually going out with people, shooting, practicing um, what I want to do, kind of honing my craft a little. And you know, it's like school's great. I'm not like dissing on school, but I definitely think that you know. Especially with something like photography, you need to learn what you need to learn in school, but it's not going to make you a good photographer. Mm-hmm. You know, you can sit in a classroom for hours and hours and hours and yep. go out and be a really crappy photographer still. Um, you know, so much of photography is actually taking pictures, learning how to take good pictures. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, one of the great things about digital is you know right away if you're taking a good picture or not. Yeah. So, I mean, in the last, you know, 10 years, digital is just exploded the ability for photographers to become so much better than they would have been, you know, 20 years ago at yeah. just, I guess, a faster rate. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, school's great, but then I, classes and workshops and stuff that I've taken post-school or, you know, while I was in school, but not necessarily at college, um, have really been things that really helped me out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an interesting point you bring up about like the digital cameras and being able to get your that instant feedback. I, I, I took a photography class in the art school I went to. Remember the teacher made us use uh, film cameras for a, for a, a, a semester and uh, it's almost like a rite of passage, you know, like, Oh, definitely. You, yeah, yeah. you know, like you have to do this, but, but I noticed as soon as I could use my digital camera, that my quality just exploded because I didn't have to wait. You know, how yeah, you long know, it took you know to exactly what your settings were when you took the picture, so you can look at it and say, "Oh, you know, I need to do this." Yeah. That being said, I really like film. Um, mm-hmm. I shoot film on a pretty regular basis. Okay. Uh, not necessarily 35 millimeter, more large format. Okay. But um, I mean, I, I still love film, and I, I think that certain types of film are better than photography or better than digital. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. So, so what, what? Um so, so you finished school, and then you, um, after that, what was kind of the next step for, in your career? What, what, what was the next thing to do, that you did? Um, so all through college, I worked at a camera store. 
Um, and it was it was really great. And then when I graduated, I was married at that point, but my wife wasn't done with um, her her grad school. Okay. And so we're like, okay, well, what are we going to do for the next two years? And so I decided to keep working at the camera store. I actually managed the camera store for a few years after that. And so, that, I mean, that was great because I got to talk about photography all the time. But I was still kind of just doing photography part-time. You know, I would do a lot of weddings, a lot of portrait shoots. Yeah. Um, and then every weekend we would go somewhere, you know, whether it was southern Utah or mm-hmm. Oregon or Washington or up to up to Canada. I mean, we would go places all the time and, and shoot, but it wasn't necessarily an all-in type thing. Yeah. Um, and then when my wife graduated, um, or when my wife graduated and after she had worked a couple of years, uh, she got the an offer to work in Qatar in the Middle East about a year ago. And at that point, it, it kind of got to the point where she was going to be making enough money that it didn't matter, you know, if I made anything. Okay. Um, so I'm like, okay, you know, this is a great opportunity yeah. opportunity for me to just do photography full time. And it's been it's been a great year so far. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Let's go back to that camera store a little bit. Okay. Um, you talked about how you would you would shoot a lot of weddings and stuff kind of on the side. Mm-hmm. Like, how is shooting a wedding? It seems to like I've worked at events before. It seems like one of the most stressful. I hate types. shooting weddings. <laughs> um, and, and I mean, there are some weddings that are just tons of fun and they're great. But for the most part, weddings are crazy stressful. And I mean, they're a blast. Uh-huh. But if you screw up someone's wedding pictures, they're gonna hate you forever. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no there's no going back like oh really sorry this didn't work turn out yeah um so you know you've got to be on your game and i think that it's i mean it's it's great fun but you have to really be a good wedding photographer (laughs) if that's what you want to do and i mean i was decent at weddings (laughs) but it i definitely didn't have the passion for it that yeah you know i I have lots of friends that shoot weddings and when when i talk about weddings and when they talk about weddings it's it's night and day you know i'm talking about it like oh my gosh this was this was great and a lot of fun, but oh man, it was it was killer. And they're talking about just just how much fun it was. Okay. So I mean, there's there's that aspect of it. Um, you know, the great thing about weddings is weddings pay a lot. Oh, in yeah. the in the area of photography, weddings are about as as high as you can get for like a day for a consistent job. Yeah. Um. So, or at least in Utah, that yeah. is that way. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but more than weddings, I really liked doing portraiture. Okay. Um, you know, portraiture was also just fantastic. Um, it's much more relaxed, much more casual, um, and you, you can be a little bit more more edgy with portraiture than you mm-hmm. can with weddings. You know, weddings, yeah. you know, you've got to make sure that you're getting the client something they like. And you can throw in some, some unique shots, something a little bit different on the side. But for the most part, you know... Yeah. If you shoot a wedding at the same place five times, you're going to do probably the same five sets of, of poses. Yeah. But with portraiture, you know, you can go different places, and it's just a little bit more fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, weddings, you got to have, you know, like, groom with both sets of parents, bride with mm. both sets of parents. You know, you got to do the... And you got to make sure you don't miss somebody. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> the brother that yeah. was in the next room for while you were taking the pictures, you got to make sure to get him later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, so you... you you've, you're living in Qatar. You're back in Utah at the moment, but you're living yeah. in Qatar right now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, doing full time photography. So what? What? What is it like living in Qatar? Um, like the photography aspect or the living? Well, there? how about how about how about a little bit about the living aspect and then the photography? Okay. Uh, living there's it's actually pretty great. Um, uh huh. I mean, it's super hot. Yeah, I bet. So if you hate the heat, it would be a terrible place to go. Um, but, you know, it's in the Middle East, but it's a pretty liberal and 
pretty westernized area to live. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, my wife doesn't have to cover her head. She can drive in public. And, yeah. Um, it, it still is very traditional. I mean, it's it's a Muslim country. Yeah. Um, so there are certain things that definitely don't go, don't fly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's kind of funny. You go to the movies and we were set, we, went, we went to James Bond and there's a scene in James Bond where we don't really know what happened. James Bond kissed somebody uh-huh. um, and it just like gets edited but it's edited <laughs> kind of funny so uh, I mean there's things like that uh-huh. you know I can't hold my wife's hand in public which is weird yeah um, but other than that I mean it's, it's pretty great we, we like it a lot mm-hmm. um, it's a really small country so that's it's a little bit weird you know I'm living I'm used to living out in the western US where you these big open spaces and it's not yeah. weird to drive you know two hours to get somewhere I mean I can drive from one end of the country to the other in 30 minutes yeah and from top to bottom in an hour and a half so okay. it's, it's really small so you get a, at least I feel a little bit you know confined there uh-huh. um Cuttery people are really rich, mm-hmm. so there's like a lot of really nice cars. Okay, it's weird. You know, you just you come back here and you think everybody's super poor. Like, hey, where are the Ferraris? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's great. We we like it a lot, and yeah. Um, as far as the photography aspect of it, it's it's actually also pretty fantastic mm-hmm. um, because my wife's job is the best job in the world. Um, next to photography, of course. <laughs> she, um, I'm able to do photography pretty much full time. So, landscape wise, I'm a little bit sick of it just because there's not a huge variety of landscape. It's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of sand, a lot of desert. <laughs> yeah, and you know that was that was really great for a year, but you know it's I'm getting a little bit sick of it. Uh-huh. Um, but it's very unique. There's lots of really interesting things. Um, the architecture there is crazy awesome. Mm-hmm. The downtown area. If you haven't ever seen Qatar downtown, just Google it, and there's all these crazy buildings. Okay. Um, so that's that's a lot of fun. Um, and other than that, I mean. I have to be a little bit careful of what I'm taking pictures of. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, I couldn't take pictures of women. Okay. Um, well, Muslim women, I can take pictures of other women. Yeah. Um, and but, but that's about it. And but it's it's pretty great. And yeah, other than the hot thing, it's it's a good, <laughs> good place good to place. live. Well, it seems like I, I've following following your your exploits online a little bit. It seems like you've been traveling a bit outside. You know, kind of taking advantage of the fact that you're close to other things in that area. So talk a little bit about where you've been traveling, what you've been doing. Well, the great thing about Qatar, and the reason we took this this position over some of the other ones, is that it is literally a five-hour plane ride from anywhere. You know, whether we're going to India or Africa or Europe or Asia, it's all five hours away. Okay. So... That that's really great. Plus, we have a ton of time off um, with my wife's job, so we get to travel for you know ten days to two weeks, like every six weeks. So really, she works for six weeks, gets a vacation, six weeks vacation. Okay. Um, and so you know we've only been there a year, but in this last year we've been pretty much all over the world. Um, and flights are cheap. You know, we can fly to Nepal for two hundred dollars. Wow. We can fly to. We just spent six weeks in Rome, or not just Rome, Italy, and flights to Italy were five hundred dollars. Really? Versus you know fifteen hundred or two thousand from the U.S. Mm-hmm. So we're able. I mean, it's much cheaper. And then you know, plus we're going to places that, with the exception of the European aspect, that are fairly inexpensive. You know, like we've been to Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. Nepal, um, Jordan was a really. Jordan was probably the most amazing place I've ever been. Uh-huh. Um, so we're going to all these great places, and it's not like it's costing us you know $50,000 every trip. Yeah. It's costing us you know a couple thousand dollars, and we're getting to go all over and and see just the most amazing things. Um, when we first got there, you know, there, 
we're a little bit over, we were a little bit overwhelmed by all the stuff, and you know we're in a whole new country, everything's super weird, and then you know a few weeks right after we get there, we're like, oh, you know, let's just go on a vacation. So a bunch of our friends that had also just moved in, we went to Nepal for about two weeks, and that was just the best experience I've ever had. Um, because Nepal is, I'm a landscape photographer. Nepal, obviously, the Himalayas. It's just such an untouched area mm-hmm. that I, I had never really experienced before. I mean, we went backpacking to places that literally less than ten thousand people ever had ever been there. Yeah, and it was just, it was just amazing. It was great. Yeah. That, that's, that, that sounds awesome. So, I mean, obviously traveling is a really important thing for, for you as a photographer. How do, you, how do you feel like traveling influences the work and the t- type of things you look for when you're looking for a good shot? Um, you know, it, it def- since we've begun to travel a lot, you know, especially out, outside the U.S., I've been looking at things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like on that first trip to Nepal, I was really, really focused on like the great scene, you know, like yeah. looking at these Himalayas, wow, this is amazing. These are the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, but as we've gone, you know, to more and more places, I'm, I'm focusing more on the things that make that place special as opposed yeah. to just the, the big scene. Looking at yeah. the big picture, I'm looking at the, the small picture. Um, so, like, for example, we went to, to Jordan for, for a while. And Jordan is is really cool. There's a couple of really great things there. Um, there's Petra, which is featured in the, in Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> and, and then there's also the Dead Sea, which was really cool. And these are, I mean, not to take anything away from these, but they were things that you know quite a few people had been to before. Yeah. But by focusing on the little things, by focusing on the people, we were able to. I don't know, just kind of connect a little bit more with that, and I think that shows up in my pictures a lot. Yeah, you know, a picture of of Petra is is pretty great, but a lot of people have pictures of Petra. Mm-hmm. Um, but the picture of the Bedouin people in the Jordan Desert—that's not something that a whole lot of people have, and it's something yeah. that I think is unique that I'm able to get that you know the typical tourist traveling over there wouldn't yeah. be able to get. Yeah, I, I I know what you mean. I've I've had the chance to, I mean, I lived in Peru for two years on a mission, and then I've been back a, a few times, and um, I've been I've been able to go to Machu Picchu a couple times, and like when you first show up at a place like that, it's like the big yeah, impression, exactly. right? And then mm-hmm. when you go back, I've, since I've been back, it's you know I appreciated the litter, the, the 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 smaller things, you know. I think uh, you know having that repeat visit to places or or an extended time there is is a lot different than the tourist experience. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, that first trip to Nepal was definitely a tourist experience. I mean, we were backpacking, which isn't super touristy, but the people that go to Nepal go backpacking. Yeah. So we, it's not like we did anything out of the ordinary. But as we've gone to other places, we're, we're looking for the different things, you know, not just the, like, yeah. going to Rome and seeing the Colosseum. Which, yeah. which we did, but we did other things, too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, that's, that's great. So, um... So let, so it seems like you you're you're pretty happy with with what you're doing in your career right now. Was there any was there a major challenge you had to overcome either in kind of your learning or in 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 the early part in the last few years of your career? Yeah, you know, um the biggest challenge was actually taking the step to do photography full time. Mm-hmm. Because up until up until a year ago, I had a job. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I did photography, I and mean, photography made, I mean, a, a decent amount of money. Yeah. But it was, if, if photography didn't make money, it wasn't like it was a big deal because my other job was fine. Yeah. Um, and I was always so paranoid about, oh, well, 
you know, what if photography, what if I do photography full time and I'm a total failure? Yeah. Um, and once I got over that, once I decided, decided, you know, I'm just going to do this and whatever happens, happens. Then, I mean, I've just been, it's been so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from like actually choosing to do photography full time, I would say the biggest challenge is becoming unique on the internet. I mean, yeah. if you go online, there are a million pictures of every single place on ever. Earth. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's impossible to find a unique picture online, and it, it it's frustrating at times. You know, I you know, I just for example, I was just in Italy, um, and we did we went up to the Dolomites in the Alps, and mm. beautiful, beautiful mountain range. And I'm getting these amazing, amazing shots, and I'm throwing them up on my website, and then I'm getting comments from people like, oh, I went here last week, and here's my exact same shot. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Um, So that's frustrating. But other than that, I mean, a lot of it also, I mean, you kind of have to see the work to in person, Mm -hmm. which that's... It's hard to do online. It's it's hard to do online. It's a little bit frustrating. So, um, I mean, one of the big things that might work kind of stands or the thing, one thing that separates my work from a lot of others is when you print it it's actually a nice quality print as opposed to you know a thumbnail on a computer screen yeah exactly so. exactly well i mean so so I, I think that's interesting that kind of standing out online it, what, what kind of things have you tried to do online to to help you because because i kind of feel like in in almost any profession but especially in photography if you're not if you don't have a good strategy online, you're, you're just, you're toast. So, you know, exactly. Um, so, you know, a typical day for me, you know, I'll wake up early in the morning, I'll go shooting somewhere, you know, sunrise shot, but the sun rises at about five o'clock in the morning there. So I come back and I just market the crap out of my work for the next eight to 10 hours every day. Uh-huh. And, you know, if my wife and I are watching TV, I'm online and I'm, you know, writing to people, I'm connecting, networking and, uh, uh-huh. You know, just doing all that I can. There's a million photography forums out there, and I'm constantly throwing my work and, you know, comments and stuff on there just to do all that I can to stand out a little bit. And, I mean, there are definitely industry leaders in photography, and it's my goal to become one of those. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm not there currently, but I'm I'm near the top, so. That's good. I, I have a presence, but it's definitely not, like... Like Chase Jarvis or something. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about let's talk about that a little bit. Like, do you have have you had any mentors along the way that have kind of Definitely. helped you? Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's there's several photographers that I'm really close with that, you know, when I was starting out, I would call, you know, almost on a weekly basis and say, you know, can you help me with this? Or, hey, I'm struggling with how to get, you know, my website, how to get it up in the top ranks of Google without having to pay, you know, someone to do the SEO for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the really, I mean, there, there've been a, quite a few people, um, here locally. And then just some people that I've known that I met like in the internet community yeah. that have really done a great job of helping me out. And that's one of the great things about photography is, you know, be, because everyone has the ability to pretty much, I mean, take any picture they want. Um, I mean, if you've got the drive, you can go anywhere and take and get any shot you want. There's not a whole lot of like competition, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like I know that you can go to, to Petra and get pretty much the same shot I, ha- I have, um, if you really wanted to. Yeah. And I'm not mad about that. That's just the way it is. So there's not a whole lot of rivalry among, among photographers. We're, we're kind of, we kind of realize that we're all in this together. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, if I, if I help you out, it's not taking anything away from me. It's just helping our community out. And by producing 
a higher quality of work as a whole, mm-hmm. it helps up our profession. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what do you think? I, I think that I think this is something interesting, and I think it's kind of weeded out a lot of uh, photographers r- over the years in that the fact that you know, with digital cameras, you can, like, literally anybody can. What do you think, in your mind, what separates a hobbyist from a professional photographer? Um, honestly, drive. Mm-hmm. You know, a hobbyist is going to go out, and they're going to, like you said, they're going to buy a digital camera because everyone has a digital SLR camera. Yeah. It's just it's just the way it is. You know, you go to Costco and, you know, I bet Costco sells 10000 a day. Or, yeah. I mean, everyone has a DSLR. And and that's that's great. I mean, mm-hmm. I love that everyone likes photography. It, it helps me out because then yeah. people get interested in my work. Um, but it can be frustrating. And there's, I mean, there's not like a piece of paper that says, okay, no read. You are now a professional photographer. Yeah. There's nothing that you can really do. I mean, you can get a degree. But I know lots of people with degrees that aren't very good. Yeah. Um, or I know lots of people with degrees that don't do anything with it, that, you know, went and got another job. Yeah. So I, I think the biggest thing, like, like I said, is drive. You know, if you're, if you're fully invested to learn all that you can, yeah. you know, to, to get better, to practice with different techniques and actually know what you're talking about as opposed to sticking your camera in auto mode taking mm-hmm. 10,000 shots and ending up with a couple good ones. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, if you take enough pictures, you're going to get some good ones. Yeah. So the professionals can take two shots and get one great one. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, filling up their memory card five times and just, yeah. just get them. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm great at filling up my memory card. <laughs> So, well, well, that's pretty interesting. But so you've started a website called Shot Rockers, yeah, which Shot is um, which is a it's kind of an educational opportunity. So, so you are you you are obviously willing to teach kind of photography techniques and things like that. What, why is why is education important to you? Um, I mean, in in a photography aspect, education is one of the main things that is going to separate the hobbyist from the professional. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, it's going to help the hobbyist become a better hobbyist. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're just, like I said, if you're just doing the take a million pictures and hope you get some good ones, you have to deal with a million pictures on your hard drive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is, is a mess, and you don't want to mess with that. So one of the great things about education in photography is I want to, I mean, my goal is to help other people become better because... Like I said, you becoming a better photographer doesn't take anything away from me. It just helps our community become better. And so that's why I started this website. Um, part of it was I just um, I just needed something to take my mind off of marketing my stuff because I was yeah. going crazy doing all this marketing. So I started this website, shotrockers.com, and I basically teach classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also just give, you know few times a week I write a blog post like, hey, this is how you can improve your city shots or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, because with my website, I was getting, you know, 10 or 15 emails a day just, hey, you know, I like this shot. How did you create this effect? And yeah. I was answering all these questions anyway. And I said, hey, you know, why don't I just put all these things in one place and people can go there mm-hmm. and, and they can learn. And if they like it, great. If they don't, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that sounds, that's, that seems like a, a, a pretty... A pretty great uh, way to way way to increase your your exposure, I guess, as well. To kind yeah, of, yeah. I mean, it helps with your marketing. A- absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so you've you've also done a couple other things, kind of. Um, I, I don't know if you'd say on the side, but I remember you had a Kickstarter campaign uh-huh. a little while ago. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Um. So 
about a year, well, not a year ago, um, a few years ago, I was hiking in Yosemite, and um, I was doing a backpacking trip with one of my friends, and I just became, like, just got, became overcame with emotion of how beautiful this was. Yeah. You know, we were, you know, 10 miles from anybody else, and it was just the most amazing experience for me. And so I'm like, oh, you know what? People don't really connect with nature as much as... Yeah. As much as I feel like they should. There's all this nature all around us, but so often, you know, we're just hanging out at home, watching TV, and, you know, you might look up the mountains and be like, oh, pretty mountains. But there's not really a a spiritual or a deep connection. So I made this Kickstarter campaign um, to make a photo book, um, and it's called Temples. Mm -hmm. And it's just, um, I mean, essentially a collection of my best photographs that I felt conveyed a, a sense of belonging, a sense of connectedness with nature yeah um and i used kickstarter to to fund the project it actually was successful and it was was fantastic um and i've since published the book and it's been it's been fantastic it's been yeah one of the best experiences of my photography career yeah and i think you can still buy it on your website right yeah 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 yeah. yeah. that's great so um the the so obviously uh, it seems like you're talking about when you're growing up, like a connection with nature was kind of really the, the impetus for getting into photography. So this kind of getting connected with nature seems like to be a big part of your career. Yeah, absolutely. And what what kind of uh, what do you do in your daily life so that you can be connected to nature and, and just be taking more shots? Honestly, I go out alone in nature. Yeah, that is what I do every day. Yeah, um, and I'm not saying that you have to go out alone, but Every day I try to go out and be somewhere, you know, that I'm not, you know, surrounded by, you know, TVs or internet. I, I go without my phone or I leave yeah. it in the car. And I just try to be and, you know, think about what's going on. Um, I, I feel that nature has so much more to offer us, like I said earlier, than, mm-hmm. than we take, know, advantage take advantage of. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, by going on hikes, by going on... You know, just a walk in the woods. Yeah. I, I feel that you can learn more than you could just by, I don't know, reading a book. Yeah. Not that books are bad. I love books. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's, that's um, I agree. But I, I think um, one of the things I, I, I've noticed when looking at your work is that, you know, right now, because of things like Instagram and these crappy little camera phones, like, Phone, uh, cameras in our phones, um, like having kind of a, a, a like a like a veneer over the top of photos seems to be a popular thing. But I've noticed with your photos, it seems like there's like a clarity there. Like it's almost like more like trying to recreate what you would actually see if you were there. Absolutely. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I mean, Instagram's great. <laughs> I mean, I love Instagram. It's great for taking pictures of food. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, there are, there are lots of photographers that are doing great things with Instagram. Um, but, you know, my my work is pretty real. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I do very little editing to my photos. Um, if I can't edit it in two minutes, I don't even waste my time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's pretty much just you know, adjusting my white balance, adjusting exposure. You know, I might up the contrast a little bit. But it's pretty much straight out of camera. Um, you know, so... A lot of it, a lot of my work is just, you know, if I can't take it right the first time, it's not worth taking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and there are lots of photographers that are doing great things with, you know, that edit their photos and do amazing things with them. But I, I don't because for, for the majority of my work, it's, you know, getting back to nature. Mm-hmm. And if I'm editing it, I, I kind of feel like I'm cheating it. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I often, you know, I'll do commercial work and, you know, if I'm doing a portrait or something, I'll, I'll edit that heavily. And my wife gets so mad at me. She'll be like, isn't that cheating in photography? And I'm like, uh, kind of, but not really. <laughs> um, so I, you know, for my landscape work, it's pretty much just what you see is what you get. Okay. And I, I feel that that's more true and kind of more real. Yeah. Well, and, and I think too that, you know, Right now, kind of the the, the, the filtered look is a, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a fashion that will pass. It's and, trendy, yeah. Yeah, and you know, but I think like really clear, beautiful pictures. I mean, they're they're going to come, you know, they're they're going to be. Yeah. They're great forever. I mean, look at Ansel Adams. Yeah, right? I was just going to say Ansel Adams. You know, Ansel Adams, he could do crazy stuff in a dark room, but. It's not like he's doing all these textured layers on top of his photos. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the picture he took was the picture you got, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so 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 you mentioned you do some some commercial work as well. So I'm I'm interested in you know how you make a living as a as a professional photographer. Like, what's the mix of things? Well, you know, it's it depends on what you're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in landscape photography, honestly, it's hard to make a living. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because, you know, if I take a picture of the mountains and you take a picture of the mountains, on a screen they're probably going to look pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, if, to be to be really successful, you really need to have a gallery Yeah. Um, if you're doing strictly landscapes. And and honestly, that's, that's probably the end goal is, mm-hmm. you know, when we come back from Qatar, we'll move to somewhere and open a gallery, mm-hmm. and that would be great. Um, Right now, you know, I'm, I'm I have a good a good set of collectors who collect my work, and that keeps me fairly busy online. But then, I also supplement it with commercial work. You know, okay. Uh, commercial work keeps me busy on a day to day basis, um, especially over in Qatar because, like I said, I, there's only so many pictures of sand you can take. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so a lot of commercial work, and, and that's that's really great because it also allows me to work, you know, with with an interesting variety of people, meet new people, mm-hmm. try different different techniques, and and you know, if you ask me, I would say I'm a commercial or a landscape photographer, mm-hmm. but landscape isn't all that I do. And by doing other things, I feel that I can yeah. become a better photographer overall as opposed to, nope, I do landscapes and that is all I can take pictures of. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of commercial work um, and also a lot of portraiture. Okay. People, people like getting their pictures taken. And even though lots of people have cameras, there's still a ton of people who who actually, you know, will pay the extra money and say, you know, I want my, I want these family pictures or this wedding yeah. or whatever. I, you know, I need it done right, and yeah. they'll they'll pay to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I take a lot of candid shots around with the family, and I think it'd be silly for me to call in a professional photographer to take candid shots with my family oh, all yeah, the time. The but but every once in a while, getting every couple of years, getting a portrait taken of the family, I think it's it's great. Absolutely, because yeah. that's what hangs on the wall. You know? Yeah, you know, you don't want to set up a self timer and <laughs> run into the picture and yeah. hope it works out. You know, you want you don't want to worry about it. You want. A great picture on your wall. Yeah, um, and so you know, I do a lot of portraiture, and that's that's great. And you fun. do you do workshops as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, um, you know, I do like my online workshops where you can take a class online, but then I also do you know in person workshops where we'll go and depending on what you're wanting to do, um, most of the time it's it's landscape photography, and they range from you know just a one on one day workshop to you know mm-hmm. a couple weeks week long um, things. You know, whether we're overseas or here in the states, mm-hmm. and it's it's just a great way for people to, you know, if you really want to up your game, mm-hmm. then then a workshop is probably the best way to do it. I would yeah. say. Yeah. 
So, well, um, let, let's say let's say that somebody's listening to this and they just bought a DSLR because they realized that their iPhone camera kind of stinks for uh, for if they want to print something off. What would be just a, one good piece of advice you would have for them so that they can kind of up their game in their in their shots a little bit? Um, I mean, the biggest piece of advice is to actually learn your camera. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is something back when I was working at the camera store when when I was in college that. I think frustrated a lot of people. You know, you go and you you see these amazing prints that people have, and you ask the photographer, oh, you know, what did you use to take this? And they say, oh, you know, I used this camera with this lens. And in a lot of people's minds, they say, oh, well, if he took it with this camera and this lens, if I buy the same camera and lens, I can take the exact same picture. Yeah. Um, They're placing too much emphasis on the equipment and not on using the equipment mm-hmm. but then you know they go out and they take the picture and they're like oh man my pictures are not near as good as this person's yeah so if you learn how to use your camera i mean it's just gonna up the quality of your pictures i mean dramatically and honestly it's not like learning how to use your camera correctly is a terribly difficult thing to do mm-hmm. it's just a little time consuming yeah i mean if you spent 10 minutes a day for two months you could become a pretty decent photographer but a lot of people don't do that they just you know stick in auto mode and hope the camera takes a good picture where yeah and you know sometimes it does but sometimes yeah sometimes it doesn't yeah, that, that's it's the same it's the same as like turning anything in your life over to software completely right exactly you know it's yeah I, the other day i just barely discovered my exposure lock you know so you can like you know you get your exposure off something and then you like hold down the lock you and then you focus on something else you know so yeah i just discovered that and i was like i wish i had that's an amazing this. thing yeah <laughs> but i mean that that's not a totally radical or totally complex thing that you shouldn't have been able to find six months ago you know yeah exactly like i, 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 sh- I felt like this is great but i should have known it i should have read the manual <laughs> yeah and I, I i mean yeah people just get so frustrated because they think that they should be able to take a great picture straight out of the box. Yeah. And unfortunately it doesn't happen that way. But if you, if you learn, if you read, you'll, you'll become a pretty, pretty decent photographer pretty easily. Well, that is, this is great advice. So would you say that you're kind of doing your dream work now or, or do you have, do you have something bigger, bigger in mind for the future? Uh, I mean, the end goal, like I said, is probably the gallery, mm-hmm. but right now I'm working towards it for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not something that you can just have a couple images and open it. You've got to have a pretty, pretty yeah. solid portfolio. And, I mean, fortunately I'm in a position that I can travel all all over the world, essentially. Yeah. And I'm getting really great, really unique shots that that I think will, will help that gallery in the end. Yeah. So... Well, that's great. Well, I think that's all the questions I have. Um, I think, uh, do, do you have a, a, one of Tony's favorite things to, to share with with us? Um, just did you get did you get the last question on there? Yeah. So it could be. It could, I, I have this thing where it's kind of you know like Oprah's favorite things. Like just one of your favorite. You know, it could be a type of food or oh, an app sorry. or a book or you know just just something that you that you wanted to share with people. Um, my most favorite thing in the world right now is probably our Jeep. Um, <laughs> when we lived here in Utah, we, we just had um, kind of older cars. But when we moved over there, we got a brand new Jeep. And it was it is the best thing in the world. Um, other than that, I really, really love American pizza. Okay. Um, 
it's I mean in Italy it was it was fantastic we ate a lot of pizza and it was just amazing but coming back home I just I just really like American food that's great that's great that's great I missed it in the Middle East <laughs> yeah yeah well um, I think my pick is 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 uh, for the this uh, show is probably it's an app on the iPhone and the Mac called Day One it's a calendar app I don't know if you've heard about it mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's actually made by a guy who lives just a little bit south of here. Um, uh, named Paul Maine and his company, and it's a it's a fantastic app, you know. And the the best part is it syncs between your iPad, your iPhone, and your computer. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love being able to add photos in next to my next to calendar entries. And I just calendars is something that I I mean not calendar my uh, journals is something that I that I tried to keep off and on growing up, and it just never happened. And this app is one of the is is actually made it happen for me because it's easy. Well, um, thanks, thanks a lot, Tony. And oh, um, where can people uh, read more about you? Do you have Twitter, uh, websites, yeah. that kind so, of thing? Um, I have several websites, but probably the easiest ones are TonyMurrayPhoto.com um, or ShotRockers.com. Uh-huh. And then you can find links to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram all on there. That's great. Thanks, Tony. Hey, thanks, Noah. Awesome. It's been awesome. Thanks to Tony Murray for joining us this week. Be sure to check out Tony's work at TonyMurrayPhoto.com. That's T-O-N-Y-M-U-R-R-A-Y-P-H-O-T-O.com. Or his teaching at ShotRockers.com. That's S-H-O-T-R-O-C-K-E-R-S.com. Where you can find links to all of the many things he's involved in. You can read more about The Waystation or subscribe at Waystation.co. Follow at underscore The Waystation on Twitter or at Waystation on app.net or like the Waystation Facebook page. If you like the show, be sure to leave a review on iTunes, which helps other people find out about the show. To get in touch, go to waystation.co slash about. You can also check out my website, noahreed.net, that's n-o-a-h-r-e-a-d.net, or follow me on Twitter or app.net at noahreed, n-o-a-h-r-e-a-d. Thanks again for listening. Tune in again next week for a new episode of The Waystation.